when somebody gets fouled, Kaylee's like, referee. And Henry does it exactly like she did. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. But yeah, so then they get that second goal. And Rupert goes down, starts yelling at Cartwright. And to George's credit, which I was kind of like surprised in a way, but where he says like, no, like we're, yeah. we're not going to play that way, you know? Yeah, that was really surprising. Yeah. And talk about like, so what, like what was fascinating is where like the shift that's happened, right? Which the first time Ted came out on the pitch, everyone was yelling wanker at him. Yep. And now we've got the shift where Rupert's leaving. Everyone's yelling at him. And this is this is his team. Like he has loved this team yep. his whole life. These fans have loved him. Like when we yep. think back to that gala episode, episode yep, four, I gala. think, yep. right? Where Rebecca says like everyone just loves him. Like doesn't yep. matter what he does, they love him. And now everyone has turned on him because they see like what he really is. Right. And Ted told her that at that time, like you may think you're the only one who sees it. Right. But like eventually people do see it. And he's worked his whole life to craft a certain image. Mm -hmm. And then he lost it all in the span of what a week. Yeah. From him cheating to this, to him coming down on the pitch, which frankly also was like, what's the point of you coming down to the pitch? Like, what, yeah. what were you trying to accomplish? Like, yeah, you know, he could even call down if he wanted to, but he just so badly wanted control. And this exactly. ties into the whole perfection thing. Mm-hmm. He's so badly not about progress. He's so badly about perfection all the time. Yeah. That. He freaking loses it, dude. And yeah. and then he gets kicked out of the league. Yeah. He's like kicked out of the league. Yeah. So now it's like it's he's all alone, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I love that Ted and Cartwright have a little moment of acknowledgement, yep. right? After Rupert leaves. Because I actually thought Cartwright was going to leave, quit right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when West Ham scores the next goal, I love that it's Ted who realizes that the guy was offsides. Like there was someone offsides, right? Which like he understands offsides. He yeah. finally understands, which is amazing because no one else picks it up except for him. That yeah. is beautiful. And then he gets paid for it. And he, yeah. and he wins a bet. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And then we get a call back to Nate's play from season one, right? And so Ted's trying to mime to Jamie. Because at the time he had said, you need to sell it like, like, you know, like you're getting an SB or, you yep. know, it has to be SB worthy or whatever. Yep. And they understand what he's saying. And so Jamie like does it beautifully and, and they're able to score and win. And just to see like everyone like go bonkers, you know, I, it was so lovely. So Michelle and Henry, Jake, not into it at all. Not into it at all. Sharon jumping on her bed in the hotel. Wings Knight has now like got the things up his nose and the yeah. Zorro mask on. Nate and Ted hug again, right? So it's the same yep. like the way that he was in that picture. Fans start to storm the pitch, and we see Colin finally gets May, to kiss May in the bar. The bar is going crazy. The bar is going crazy. Colin finally gets to kiss his fella on yeah. the pitch, right? Yes, I love that. But oh, uh, the part that really got me though was when Keely says to Rebecca, "Look what you did, Rebecca." And she says, I didn't do anything. And they're like, yes, you did, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think like that, oh gosh, like it just was so 
I think a lot, like I've noticed this when I, in the past, like when I've won an award or when I've gone to award ceremonies at my, at my work, right? Like, I think there's something about when you're a part of a team and you Mm -hmm. feel like you're a part of it, there's this humility that's built in somehow Mm -hmm. to where you don't, you don't feel like you need to take credit for anything, Yeah, you know? And it just, it becomes this thing of, well, no, it's not me. Like it's, and you know, and granted, like she, she brought Ted out for the wrong reasons, but then by the end of season one, she kept him on for the right reasons mm-hmm. in a way. Right. And then like, of course she still wanted to destroy Rupert up to a certain point, but like, but she did choose to keep him on, even though like the first season ended. So, you know, like they lost and they got relegated and all of that, but she chose to keep him there. And, and so there were elements of things that she had done, but yeah, like this was everyone coming together to make this happen. Right. Yeah, there's something also beautiful. If we can just go back to the the last play, which I loved so much, right? Mm-hmm. There's something full circle about this the last play, right? Was it Colin that crossed it? Was it Colin? Or I was it remember. Bumper Catch? I think it was Colin. But either way, like I love that they sold it as Jamie. And Jamie really did sell it. He was just mm. like, give me the ball, give me the ball. Because that was Jamie's first season. Yeah. So selfish, so like, making it about me, right? Yeah. And pulled so many people because he was so loud about it. You know, Obasayan, who at one point was like not even considered that good of a player. Um, and then all of a sudden, he's the one that's going to get the ball. I think it is Bumbercatch, actually. And Bumbercatch is the one that yeah. cross Bumbercatch yeah. is the one that crosses it to him. Yeah. And then I just love that as he's putting it in the bottom left-hand corner, Ted goes barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you gotta love the dart barbecue sauce callback. Yeah. Like just yeah. so good, so yeah. good. Yeah, and confident, confident in that grounded way. Like even how he said it, barbecue sauce was the same grounded way of like, oh, I'm gonna win this. Like, mm-hmm. but also I'm. I also I kind of also let go of the results if we don't win this. Yeah, there's something powerful about that. That's the power that I feel Rebecca is walking with as well. Like, regardless of whatever happens, my value is not tied to the outcome of this game. Exactly. Right? Or not tied to the outcome of any of this stuff. Right. It's all exactly. something extra. And that is what I found so magical, even as everyone is celebrating. Right. Yeah. Because they're not only just celebrating the fact that they win. Because in the end, they didn't win the championship, right? But they're just celebrating the fact that they're all there together, you know? And that part is what I found so powerful about everyone storming the pitch. I wanted to storm the pitch. I know, I know. You know? And then we get a call back to episode one again with Ted actually doing his dance on the pitch, right? Like that we... The that's running we man! Yeah. And the dances he used to do on SNL. Those are the dances from (laughs) that SNL. Exactly. From that skit. I forgot what the skit is called. It was the one with Keenan Thompson. Oh, Oh, what's up with that? What's up? What's up with that? What's up with that? Yeah. What's up with that? Oh, I love that. (laughs) But that was how we first met Ted as well. Right. Was through the sports center. Yep. Doing the running man. Yeah. So for his random college team. Yeah, so that was really nice. All right, let's talk about Keely Roy and Jamie because <laughs> oh man, this was like so. We got the callback of Roy sneaking up on Keely in the parking lot, 
right? That was like how they originally started talking. And so Keely and Jamie, like Jamie says, you know, like I, well, first of all, Keely is there to drop off presents for Ted and Beard. And then she goes in the locker room again, call back to episode one where she covers her eyes and goes in, yep. and, you know, is everyone decent? But you see the the shift also, right? Because now she's like, she's an actual member of the team as well. And she reminds them, you've got this extra press session and you're all legends. And and so then Jamie goes after her to invite her to come to Brazil as her public as his publicist um, for a Nike ad. And and then they hug. And then when they part, we see Roy standing mm. there. And so then he follows Jamie to the locker room and invites him out for a beer. And it's like the calmest I've ever, because he doesn't yell Mm -hmm. at him or anything. He's Mm -hmm. like, hey, Jamie. And then we see Nate come by and he's like, oh, you guys are friends now. And and Jamie kind of thinks about it. He's like, yeah, like, I guess we are. And and Nate's like, oh, that's wonderful. And he's like, that's mint. That's That's mint. mint. Yeah. And so then we've got Jamie and Roy when they go to the pub. And I love that Roy tells him how proud he is of the work he's put in. Mm-hmm. And Jamie like genuinely thanks him for his help. But this whole thing was really kind of shitty, too, because it was a setup for Roy to bring up Keely <laughs> and to tell because he saw where it was going and right. and to say, like, you need to step off. And Jamie just is like, no, no. <laughs> You know, I know in my heart that Keely and I are supposed to be together. And then Roy like tells him, well, we were together a month ago. And then Jamie, like you can see him like thinking it through. And then he says, well, that video that got leaked was for me. And then we cut to Keely's house. So so it gives it gives off the vibes of them at season one when yeah. they were sitting next to each other and barely could speak to one another oh you mean oh at the um gala at the at the gala yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i was like yeah. oh are they going back to that yeah. like oh this is interesting yeah talk about prog mess yeah and so then they come to keely's house she opens the door they've clearly been fighting and then we see them at the table so again that's a callback right like when jamie yep. comes to her in the last episode of season one and they're both at the table. But now they're explaining to her that they had a fight about her. And you hear her. She says, please don't say it. <laughs> and then yeah. they say that she gets to pick which one. And then they'll be fine with whatever she decides. And you can tell that in the moment, they genuinely are like really proud of themselves. For they are. They, they, coming they up think with they've solution. made progress. They right? think they've made a lot of progress. Oh. And she's pissed. She throws them out. And but she first says to them, she's just like, Oh, I get to pick. Yeah. And they did not pick up on that at all. They were like, yeah, yeah. Look, we're really nice. Yes. You get to pick between us. Yeah. And then they as soon as they're out, though, they realize like, you know, Roy's like, oh, my God, we're fucking idiots. And Jamie's like, yeah, that's some like toxic masculine BS right there. Yeah. But what I also love about Keely and maybe this is partly rubbing off from Rebecca, also super grounded. Mm-hmm. So grounded, so yeah. in her elements, so comfortable that she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And so I read a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, I can't believe they re- like resorted to this. Like these characters had developed their relationship and they'd like come so far and this and that. And what it made me think about, though, was that it's again, this idea that this work in progress that Mm -hmm. for every two steps we take forward, Mm -hmm. we inevitably take a step backward Mm -hmm. and that's a part of the process. But 
again, like they recognize like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. we really screwed this up, you know? And so it's this idea that like we can continue to grow, but like growth is not easy and we will oftentimes like fall back again. And when we do, that's the most important time to like keep going. Like don't just stop there and get stuck, but like, you know, recognize again that you're human, you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes and then ask for help, which Roy did. Cause then he went to the diamond dogs. Right. Yep. And then like, keep moving forward. Anyway. So I thought that that was kind of cool. Oh, I love that. I thought yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. And then, so then let's talk about Nate. So the one scene like that we really see with Nate is He's in the locker room late at night Mm -hmm. and Ted pops in. Right. And I thought this was a really beautiful scene too. Very touching. And Ted says, I was trying to come in soft like a cotton ball. And Nate's just been staring at where the belief sign used to be. And he tries to apologize. And Ted says, you know, I know. And he says, no, please let me say this. And he just like this heartfelt sorry. And he just like, Mm -hmm. you know, crumbles into his arms and cries And then, you know, Ted tries to like make him feel better and says, well, you know, what's funny. You only tore it up once. I ripped it down and tore it up twice. So you, you were already in the clear, but I tell you what, when I look up there, I still see it. Mm. And I just, I like, I thought like that, you know, it was a really nice scene between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Again, like I would have liked to have seen more in the lead up to that moment (laughs) in the last few episodes, but I'm glad that they got that moment to like, you know, that where he actually got to say the thing. And then when the team was putting the sign back together, they had another moment at that point, right? Where they look at each other and they have this moment of like, that it's always been there. It's, you know, like whether it's, you know, and I just, that it was really, I thought it was really nice the way that they did that. I think also there's something magical about the fact that like, it can never fully be destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you can always... You can always come back. And as I was thinking about it for Nate, Nate's been in that locker room more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. If you think about it from like his kit man days of folding clothing and doing all that to So, so for him to be like sitting in there again and and also even being allowed to be back in there, Mm -hmm. you know, the last, like, if you think about that, the last time he was in that space before he was hiding. Mm hmm. And he was full of shame. So there's just so many different emotions that Nate has experienced specifically in that locker room from like tearing up the sign to, a, you know, to screaming at Ted to having an epiphany. Well, he's had many epiphanies, but I was going to say when he went crazy and screamed at the team, but actually that was at Liverpool. But there's so many, so much progress is. So I feel like he was not only just looking at where that sign could have been, but almost like reflecting on all of the experiences he had in that place. Mm -hmm. And I think there was also a certain level of gratitude that he was like allowed to be back in there. For sure. And then, and then to watch the sign being put back together was almost like him being put back together, Mm -hmm. like a part of him and a part of his soul and, and almost the connection between Ted and him being put back together when that sign was getting arranged again. So that was magical. Yeah, it was really magical. And the whole time, like Ted is not looking at the team that's doing this amazing thing because in a way it's like, it's the culmination of everything he's been working towards. Mm -hmm. Like he's done the thing he needed to do. He's instilled this in his people. Right. 
And so when he's looking at Nate and, and you're right, Nate's having like all these different emotions, right? There's shame, there's regret, there's all of this. And, and so from Ted, there's, there's just this sense of forgiveness and love. And so it's, it's really like, it was such a powerful moment that they shared without any words being exchanged. And mm-hmm. so again, like we've talked about this before in terms of like acting, you know, yeah. they both convey so much in just those little facial expressions. And it's really quite beautiful, you know? Yeah. So I, I really loved that. All right. So then let's talk about our closing montage. Cause we've got a lot of people here. First of all, what I really loved was that at the airport, the, so sorry, not this is even before the, the montage, but the newspapers, that was a really clever way for the, the writers to tell us like how everyone's story is wrapped up, right? Mm-hmm. So in the sun, we see Mannion is out after pushing George down. We also see Lust Conquers All welcomes West Ham whistleblower. So Miss Cakes is going to be on Lust Conquers All, which is the show that Jamie had been on. Oh, nice. And then in the sun, we also see Mannion's ex, Bex, Inks book deal on placenta recipes. So Bex is like doing her own thing. And then in the Everyday Independent, we learned that Rebecca has actually stayed and sold 49% of the club to the fans. I love that. Which I That's thought was beautiful. great. Yeah. And then Entrepreneur Magazine shows a star fucker is born. Shandy Fine, the brains behind the hottest new dating app. So Shandy, Shandy ended doing up her like, thing. doing her thing. But there was a little thing in there that said Jack Danvers is no longer daddy's little girl. So that was Jack Healy's oh. ex. And then we learned that Zorro has a summer job. So it says that he is going to star in a Jean-Claude Van Damme remake of Escape to Victory, which is that soccer movie that we talked about in season one, I think, Uh where um, I mentioned that the players that were on the whiteboard were actually like characters from that movie. And then Zava is on there. Striker heads to L.A. FC. And then his quote is they love avocados out there. And then there's a little piece about the quiet genius of Leslie Higgins. So I love that. Like they just wrapped up like where everybody's at. And then Ted runs into the Ussy guy again. So call back to season one, season two. Yeah. And we learned that Man City actually won their game. So they won the title. And it's interesting because I kind of like this because, again, Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, what we would typically see in a show like this, Mm -hmm. which is that they go and they do win and all that stuff like they they did win. And like you Mm -hmm. talked about, they won in so many different ways. And it wasn't necessarily about this one piece of it. And some people are saying, like, if there is going to be a fourth season, that they now have something to work towards or whatever. But, but yeah, I, I really like that. And then the Essie guy says, wicked, and Ted responds with kinky boots. Yes. <laughs> All right. And we already talked about Ted and Rebecca at the gate. But then we cut to Ted in the plane and yeah. Beard is there. And that scene also just, yeah, like, what came I up know. for you? Well, because, I mean, Beard has always been by his side and he's finally like, I'm in love with Jade and I need, even though that relationship is quite intense. And he's like, I, I, you know, need to abandon you. And Ted's like, you're not abandoning me. And he's like, I get it. And then he throws water on his face. And I just loved, I was like, what is he going to do? And then he's, he's, that's 
of course he's willing to commit to pretending like his appendix has burst, even though he doesn't know which side his appendix yeah, is right. on. So <laughs> I just loved that. And then I love that even as he's being strolled away, the flight attendant was like, do you want to go with your friend? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. And he's like, what an arsehole. Like, well, like, oh, my, like, again, just misinterpreted. But yeah, freeing Beard to pursue and be who he wants to be, yeah. which he's always wanted. Right. Beard yeah. has always wanted to escape the coop in, in one way or another. Yeah. And I love that this is the first time we hear them say that they love each other, right? And so he says, I love you, Ted. And then he says, I love you too, Willis. And Willis. Willis. And Willis the Beard. Is, the thing is, Ted has made a, what are you talking about, Willis joke in one of the previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And so we all just assumed it was like the whole different stress right. thing. But that was actually his name. That's so. his name. So you finally <laughs> found out his name. What a great drop at the end there. Yeah. And then Ted opens Keeley's gift and it's a Richmond snow globe, which I thought was nice. We already talked about Rebecca and the Dutchman. So Trent Krim, right? So Trent Krim gave his like his galleys to Ted and Beard to review. Beard sends his back like all tabbed up mm-hmm. and like a ton of feedback. And Ted just says, you know, good job. I loved it. And with only one suggestion is to change the title. It's not about me. It never was. Mm. and I just uh, I thought that that was really cool too because I think that's the other underlying piece of all of this is like so much of our lives are like this right like we are so much a part of other people's stories and it's not really about any one of us in particular Mm -hmm. right it's the power of the collective Mm -hmm. and so I love that that when he finally publishes this book it's called The Richmond Way Yes, right. And the tagline is the unbelievable season of a Premier League underdog with a very brief forward by Roy Kent. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought that that was really cute. I love that Beard had marked up so much of it. Like, like, my goodness. While Ted really only had one thing to say about it, right? Like one little tweak. Yeah. Yeah, that was just so, that was just so beautiful. And to think that talk about where Trent was, was at the beginning where he mm. just was going to just do this like torn up expose on Ted. And then from there, and he's liked him then, but he yeah. had to fight him then yeah. to now being like, like in the trenches and being able to document all of that. And frankly, be like impacted directly by that. Yeah. I also just loved every time something magical happened and Trent was in the room for it. Yeah, that part was real. So like when they were putting the believe sign, he like perks up, you know, every time, like every time this season, I felt more engaged because Trent was also in the room being like, this is another magical moment that you cannot plan, but it's happening at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun to watch his arc, too, over the three seasons, for sure. All right. So then Keely, we see, is running her own agency, except now it's Mm -hmm. KBPR. So it's Keely and Barbara public relations. Hey. And it looks like she's brought back a lot of the old staff, but now yep. they're all sitting together in this open concept. They're all smiling, so much happier. And then Roy, we find out Roy is now the new head coach, which I loved. I thought that was yeah. a perfect choice. Nate yeah. wouldn't have been a good choice. Yeah. So, I, but I love that he's still there. Yeah. And then so we see him with Beard and Nate and <laughs> I think it's hilarious that he puts up Phoebe's drawing of the breasts. But he puts the tape over it like Ted did on Jamie's locker 
the picture of Keely in like, oh yeah the first yeah episode. yeah 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 wait what what was that photo what was that photo the one Roy put up yeah remember Phoebe when he goes to talk to Phoebe's teacher and she says that she can't put up Phoebe's artwork because she's just been drawing women's oh, breasts that is yeah. that was oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> And so he puts that up where the pyramid of success used to be. <laughs> right. I love that. That's so Royish. <laughs> yeah. But I love that there's a sign from Phoebe saying good luck and a picture of her that's up. So that's kind of cute. And he starts seeing Dr. Sharon, who is now head of right? mental health, head of mental health and emotional well-being, which I will say is my dream job. <laughs> but right. But she's doing that for the team. And I noticed that. So then he picks up the little army man. And I was trying to figure out, it looked like maybe it was like a radio operator or something. Mm. So I looked up that one and that says that the radio operator is responsible for the maintenance of communication equipment. The equipment needs to work in order for the army to detect movement of troops, job duties, performance, maintenance of communication equipment and security devices, prepare, transmit, receive and record messages. And I was just kind of thinking about how Roy really has to have his own stuff together in order yep. to know what to do for his team and to be able to communicate the way that they need him to. And so that that's what I took from that. And I just love that he's going to Dr. Sharon. Like I talk about too. prog talk about progress. That's right? actually progress. Uh, right. And then Nate, you know, so Nate's like in a good place. He's out with his family and Jade. He wrote up this very interesting thing, and he talks about how in that scene, he's actually wearing the suit coat from Ted, but he's no longer beholden to Ted, right? And so he's only yeah. wearing the coat, not the whole suit, and he's just way more relaxed now, and he and his dad seem to be like in a better place, so yep. that's kind of nice. And he's eating at his favorite restaurant. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we see Nate gluing the belief sign together with the gold glue, so that's the mm -hmm. Kintsugi, right? So mm -hmm. that beauty and the imperfection. Sam makes the Nigerian national team. Which he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And then Jamie reconnects with his father, which I thought was really sweet. That might have been one of my favorite parts that I did not expect. That was a surprise moment that I was like, oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, so good. And then Higgins has a big barbecue and everyone's there, right? And so we see Richard has brought another date. So that's a callback mm -hmm. to Christmas. Roy and Jamie are hanging out. Keely's talking to Phoebe. And then the Dutchman shows up with Rebecca and his daughter. Yeah. And his daughter and Phoebe seem to be friends now. So I yeah. thought that was cute. And also Rebecca is just super casual in how she's dressing now. Uh -huh. And she's back to that like flowy Amsterdam, you know, feeling. Danny's playing with either it's a super soaker or a Nerf gun again. So that's a callback to Christmas. And then we cut to the pub boys in May, and now they're all part owners of the team. <laughs> they own one share, and May owns <laughs> like so stack, many yeah. shares. Yeah. Because May's business is doing gangbusters since they started playing well. Exactly. And then May straightens the picture of Geronimo, which is an homage to the final episode of Cheers, where Sam did the same thing. Oh, wow. What a... I just saw a clip of that episode. So interesting. Yeah. And then for the team itself, Keely shows up with a proposal for a women's team. That was awesome. Yeah. And they got all excited. Yeah. And that made me think, I was like, is that what season four might be? About? Oh, is that? Uh, that's I don't know. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Interesting. And then we see Beard. So Beard is marrying Jane, who is now pregnant. So he's wearing the pants from Beard's Night Out. Yes. Right. 
He's being married by the drug-taking bus driver. Yep. <laughs> Roy is his best man. I think they're at Stonehenge. It looks like they're at Stonehenge, yeah. <laughs> Isaac and Colin are both crying, but their significant others are comforting them. Yep. <laughs> Danny is now part of a thruple. Danny! Which, like, whoa, Danny Rojas! Which I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but there is a lot of talk about Jamie, Roy, and Keely being a thruple. Oh, and like, I mean, like a lot of talk about this. It's it's very fascinating. And then the woman who gave Beard the pants in the Beards Night Out episode is there with her boyfriend, who was the the big guy who brought him his phone. Right. And now they have a baby. The one that's on the scooter. Yeah. 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 And so during the Reddit to ask me anything that Brendan Hunt did, you know, there was a lot of questions about why would Beard marry Jane when their relationship was so toxic. And he says, I respectfully reject the assertion that Jane is abusive. They may be a little toxic, but as Ted says, their baggage goes together real nice. Mm. And then they feel like they are the right person for each other. Mm-hmm. And then he says, if I may speak for Jane and Beard more broadly, well, he talks about how like he was with a friend and that when the friend said that they broke up, he immediately jumped in with like, oh, thank God, like everyone hated her and this and that. And then the friend said, but then we got back together. Yeah. And so, so he said, you know, it's, we don't know, like we only see a part of somebody's relationship. We don't see what's on the inside when it's yep. just the two of them. And so yep. he said, you know, what makes somebody happy? Like it may be that for now, like if Beard is happy, like this is, yeah, the right thing for him right now. It may not be for the long run, but like for now, it's the right thing. Yeah. And then Ted. And so Ted lands in Kansas City. And to your question, was this all a dream or was it, did these things really happen? I think he touched on that, but I don't remember the answer that he gave about that. But I think it's meant to be left kind of vague in a way. But so the book in his hand is How to Change Your Mind, What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches Us About Consciousness, Dying, Addiction, Depression, and Transcendence by Michael Pollan. Interesting. And so, yeah, I thought it was interesting that he's reading that after, because if you think about it, the first time that he actually did the mushrooms is when he had like his whole total football. Yeah. Even though they said that the it was like a dud batch or whatever. Right. So maybe, maybe he's now getting more interested in it, but, and maybe also to deal with some of his own stuff, right? Like the addiction, the depression, things like that. But he gets to the house and Michelle and Henry are there waiting for him. I love that there's a little free library right outside their house. Also, the boyfriend is not there. Hmm. Boyfriend is not there. We get the sense that the boyfriend might be out of the picture now. But they don't really confirm that they're back together either. Right, though, you know? right, right. But that's part of the progress, right? The, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they go to the soccer game. He's now coaching the soccer team of yeah. his kid. Yeah. And, you know, Henry is super hard on himself. He calls him out and he says, well, what do, what do we say? And mm. Henry knows this already. Be a goldfish. And then he goes mm-hmm. back out and he starts to have fun again. And then we close out with Ted, you know, smiling and content, it looks like. Yeah. Right. And, and so, looking right at the camera, just like who did it start off? It was started with Nate looking at the camera at the beginning of the season, right? Of this season? Yeah, or was it? Or was it Ted? No, it was Ted, Ted because it's always oh, it the Ted. same person beginning. Oh, and end, interesting. Right? Got so, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So it was Ted at the airport dropping off his son. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, so. Oh. 
So that was a lot. That is a lot. So I'm curious, like, what's your biggest takeaway or takeaways for like the series as a whole? That's a hard question. I mean, I think the thing that keeps coming up for me are, are the two things we've mentioned a lot, which is the whole idea of progress, mm-hmm. right? And this idea that as part of the progress, you have to be a goldfish. Like you have to be able to be like, everything's temporary, moving on, just be fully present to the moment. And then the theme for me from the very beginning, which is the theme probably of my life is like attunement, mm-hmm. right? Is this, this idea of play creates attunement and vice versa. And when you're allowed to play, you know, in that total football sort of way, yeah, magical things start to happen. And it takes a long time and it doesn't happen on anyone's timeline. It happens when it needs to happen. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened in everyone's story is like they came full circle when it was time for them to come full circle. Yeah. And it wasn't forced and you couldn't control it, but you just had to trust and just be present and continue to be part of the game continue to keep showing up you know just keep swimming in many ways like a goldfish yeah yeah absolutely i think the the work in progress is a a big theme for me as well and i just keep coming back to this idea of connection over perfection right so this idea that it's so important for us to create connection with other people because again as as humans Mm -hmm. we're hardwired for that but our perfectionism and, you know, perfection, when we talk about that, there's so many different things like you can look at it as so many different things. But it's this idea of not allowing the the lack of vulnerability is what gets mm-hmm. in the way of us being able to truly connect with people. And to me, this show was all about how do you bring in kindness mm-hmm. and curiosity and vulnerability so that you can truly connect with other people and then build that sense of community and and that, you know, like the collective, what we can do as the collective. And so I thought it was just really, really beautiful. What reminds me of that is I, I think now more and more about like, how do you dismantle patriarchy? How do you dismantle hierarchy? Right. And I feel like the the answers come down to like community and humanity. Yeah. You know, and that's really always what it's always come down to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the more we can, like what Ted did was the more he was able to cultivate this community built off of humanity, compassion, empathy, you know, yeah. and trust and vulnerability. That's when it happened. But as part of it, they also had to go through a lot of pain and suffering in the process. And I think a lot of times we just want to skip to the, to exactly. the other part. Yeah. But you can't build a real relationship if you're not willing to go down the vulnerable caverns True. where you might not get out of them. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. like the prop. But just seeing how grounded everyone is because they went through all those paths, that just gives me so much confidence in yeah. myself. Yeah, I love that. Well, I can't believe we have done three seasons of this. Jeff, thank you so much. This has been such a a fun project for me. Mm -hmm. And I've really loved not just doing this with you, but getting to know you even more as a result. And I'm really, really grateful for your friendship and for the ability to work with you on this. And I'm really going to miss like these these chats because they've just been so much fun. So so much. I just want to thank you for providing the uh, 
organization for this because I'm much more, you know, not detail oriented or anything. And if, for anyone that's listening, the reason this happened is because of Dimple, because she was the one that like re listened to every episode. I can't even listen to my own, you know, podcast interviews. I, I barely listen to anything. So all of the details, the reason why this is the reality that it is, is because of Dimple. So thank you so much for thank you. all of the stuff that you've done. This has been such a fun ride. And totally. I'm so glad we agreed to do this at the Me beginning. Too. Me too. And to all of you who have been listening and who have stuck with us, thank you so, so much. You know, we've gotten some really, really lovely notes from people over the last three seasons and we're super, super grateful. And it's just been really nice to hear, you know, how our conversations have impacted you or your choices, like, you know, how you're leading, things like that. It's been really um, fun to hear those. So please continue to reach out. We'd love to continue to hear from you. And yeah, I also encourage people for people that haven't watched Ted Lasso when they go and watch it, mention this podcast Mm -hmm. so that they can watch it in turn, because then there are so many clips, especially because Dimples pulled them out. Right. That like you don't even know the details. And then Dimple comes out with like (laughs) seat 152 means that (laughs) what I have ever even looked at the seat numbers. That's just ridiculous. But the fact that, yes, I encourage you send them this podcast so they can get deeper into the Ted Lasso lore and enjoy the ride like we enjoyed this ride. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. And yeah, hopefully we'll be back with other things down the line. Um, I know we each have things going on. So you can follow us on social media to keep up with what we're each doing. So I'm at Dim Story across pretty much every platform. So you can find me there. And Jeff, do you want to give yours? Yeah, I'm at Jeff Harry Plays, J-E-F-F-H-A-R-R-Y-P-L-A-Y-S. Thank you so much, everyone, for going on this journey with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of What Would Ted Lasso Do? If you got any nuggets of Ted Lasso wisdom from this episode, try them out in your life and let us know what happens at WWTLD Podcast on Instagram or on our website, WWTLDpodcast.com, where you'll also find a full transcript of the show. We love hearing what other TED heads took away from the episode or details or perspectives that we might have missed. And if you do like the show, please subscribe and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Every rating helps us get our show in front of more listeners. To that end, we'd also ask if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends, loved ones, randos on the street. You get it. Thank you to the team at Podify for producing our show, to Kajal Dabalia for all our visuals and graphics, and to Kenzie Slato for our theme song. And most of all, thank you to all of you for listening. Ted Lasso could simply just be another show to binge watch, or if we challenge ourselves to consistently ask the question, what would Ted Lasso do? It could change the trajectory of your life. It has for us. So join us again next time as we explore another episode and ask ourselves, what would Ted Lasso do? Ted Lasso.